0: Welcome to the podcast, we're Phil and Jen, and this is Season 3, We Can Make Change. And this one's about hopeful conversations with people that are making beautiful change in the world. And uh, the point of this season that we're doing, Season 3, is to bring different voices and different people um, into conversation together. So there's conversations Jen and I have been having that we want to share with you guys, conversations that we've been having with other people, and then... Um, other conversations and interviews that we're having with friends, new and old alike, um, who are making awesome change in the world. And uh, we have some some great conversations lined up with people that are doing just that. Um, some we've already done and others we're um, planning to do in the weeks ahead, and we're really excited to share those with you. This one, episode three, is called Traps.
1: But before we jump into that, we just want to let you know what is going on, a couple things. Uh, we are doing sessions, and sessions are where we meet with people one-on-one or together to provide spiritual guidance or coaching or consulting for their personal and spiritual lives. And we've been meeting with people uh, one-on-one either weekly or monthly or bimonthly, and it's just one of our favorite things to do, just to sit with people and to listen and to help um, help people discern what's next for their lives, what the Spirit is doing um, in them, and we um, we offer marriage coaching, parenting coaching, spiritual direction. There's kind of a, an array of things. You can check that out at the site if you're interested in that.
0: But this one, <laughs> episode three, this is traps. And so this one's unique. And I realize that I say that pretty much every time. I guess they all are. They're all unique. Um, but this one is is unique because as we're Having conversations with people making beautiful change in the world, Uh, this is a conversation about helping you make beautiful change in your own world, in your own life. And uh, today, Jen and I want to share a conversation that we've been having with a lot of people. Uh, We did this How to Reimagine Your Life experience this fall, and we got to do it in three different locations, one in Costa Mesa, one down in Oceanside, and then one up in Santa Cruz. And we got to talk with a lot of people about making changes in their own lives both big and small and uh it it seems like just about everybody right now is reevaluating their life on some level whether it's their job or the way that they show up and interact at their job or where they live or their relationships or their mental health or just even just like an overall look at their own priorities and as we were having this experience with different people in these different places um it was really, really powerful. Yeah. I mean, it was so cool to bring this conversation uh, into different environments, into different people's lives, and the different places that they were in, and how it was like impacting them and what they were thinking about. And everybody was coming from such different places, and everybody was experiencing such different things, and yet we were all having that same conversation of what do I want for my life moving forward into this next season? And and it's like from the hugest scale to this, like how I look at it, you know, like like a whole spectrum.
1: Yeah. I mean, a couple of people actually decided to quit their jobs afterwards and make huge life changes, which Seriously. was obviously they were already kind of on a journey contemplating these things. I think it was like the tipping point for them. Right. Um, but for a lot of people, it was really, I think, just more of an invitation to change the way that they were interacting with their lives exactly in the life that they're in, you Mm -hmm. know, like not changing their circumstances necessarily, but changing their perspective and the narrative that they're telling themselves about their circumstances. And so, um, as we took all that and the feedback and everything that we've learned, we've created actually this experience that you can download now and it's on the website and you can go through it at, at your, at your own pace. And it's an audio and, We have a PDF workbook that accompanies it. And the hope is that it will help you in just really practical ways to evaluate what you're carrying, uh, where you're at in your life, and then really to determine where you want to go and how you want to grow. And um, it helps you create an action plan for that. So it's really like practical. So it's from the big things, to the small things in your life, from your interior life to deciding, you know, what you want to put on the calendar next month and kind of everything in between. So in... Our How to reimagine your life, uh, self guided experience, which is audio download on the website. Um, we've created this guided way for you to listen to the audio and then you can just pause it however you like, wherever you want. And we've got spots for you to pause it intentionally um, and then really reflect on your life. And so this episode is a clip from that. And um, we thought that this one was really fitting for this season, this kind of section of it. And this is where we talk to people about the major traps that you can avoid as you're evaluating your life and trying to make changes for health and wholeness moving forward. And it's called traps. So here we go. All right. So first we want to talk about traps and and these are the things that we can really get caught in as we are choosing what we want to carry around or as we're just going about life. And the first one is, is really kind of seems innocent, but it's actually really destructive. And the first one is should the shoulds. So those are like expectations or obligations. The, the feeling of like, I should do something living according to others, expectations and obligations. I mean, how many times have you gotten yourself into a situation that you know is unhealthy, but you just felt like you should do it? You know what I mean? Whether it's a, you know, showing up for an event, whether it's signing up for some sort of volunteer position. I mean, I know for me, I live so much of my life this way. And I would should myself all the time. I should have a cleaner house. I should attend this social thing because I feel obligated to, even though I come I'm completely tapped, and I really need to just take a break. I shouldn't feel this way, shaming yourself even for your own emotions. I should be farther al- along than I am. I shouldn't be scared of this thing, even, you know, instead of just like actually acknowledging feelings and letting them move through you to, or allowing them to teach you something, you can end up shaming and shoulding all over yourself. And so as you look at what you're carrying, what of these things that you've written down is a should? And so what we, we want you to do right now is we want you to pause and take a look at your your list, all the things that you dumped out. And what of these things is an obligation, what of the what on that list what are the things that you're maybe doing because you just feel like you should but you don't actually want to and we want you to um like circle them or write those things off to the side because your life is a miracle don't waste it on unfulf- you know fulfilling your own shoulds or other people's expectations of you don't should yourself it's nasty So we're going to give you a moment right now to write that stuff down. What shoulds? What are some shoulds that you have?
0: Okay. So that's a minute to think about the shoulds, the trap of the shoulds. Now we want to talk about another trap. And this one is perspective. So these are all traps that... um, we can get caught up in as we look at the life that we're living, the life that we're carrying, the life that we want to shape and create. And perspective is a huge trap because perspective is reality. So in the podcast, we've talked about this story a couple of times that uh, my dad died a year ago from the time of when I'm recording this now. So um, it was this kind of crazy experience for me I mean it's a crazy experience anytime you're close to anyone who passes away especially if you're there when they pass away uh, especially if it's like a loved one but especially if it's a parent and this is my dad and um I had this like radical realization when my dad passed away and he and I did not have the best relationship over the years um in fact there was some distance there um in a lot of ways. And and the reality is I I realized later that I had lived probably my whole life trying to get his approval or at least longing for the approval of my father. And um, he ended up getting liver cancer. And by the time he realized it, it was pretty late. And so he, he progressed quite rapidly through the stages of um, liver failure and death. And I remember I got the unique opportunity to Um, sit with him in hospice. I went to visit him in the hospital and they said it's time. So I went back to my brother's house and my brother and I and um, our families got to sit with my dad that week and spend a week with him. And while I was sitting next to him on his bed as he was passing away, um, he was coming in and out of like lucid sort of consciousness um, as he was going because as his liver failed, it was obviously um, taking away His brain functioning and other things. But I remember sitting there one night, it was like, gosh, I don't know, two in the morning, uh, three in the morning, and it had just started to snow outside. And he had this like he like I said, hey, and he responded like he was there. And I was like, Oh. And it was this moment that I'd been thinking about all night. I was kind of wrestling with it, and I had this realization. man, I have lived my whole life longing for approval from my dad. And what I realized was that the whole time, like, he just needed mine. And in this moment where he was awake and clear, I actually decided I was just going to give him my blessing and my approval right there in that moment on his deathbed. And I just, I did, and I said, Dad, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. And then I just told him, like, you are... I'm so proud of you and you're a good dad and I'm so thankful for you. And I'm thankful for what you gave me and I'm thankful for who you are. And I'm thankful for, um, just life. And, um, I just told him I was proud. I just gave him my blessing and it's something like shifted in his countenance as he laid in the bed and he looked at me and then he turned around and he, he blessed me and he gave me, he gave me his. And then right after it's like he shifted back into like, he, he lost that lucid awareness. And he's like, where am I? And um, that was really one of the last moments of like conversation that he and I had. And he ended up passing away that week. And um, it was so powerful because I remember like what that – I saw what it did to him, but what it did to me was it like shifted my own internal awareness of myself. Um, I remember going back to his house after with my brothers and we were going through – like all the childhood photos. And it was as if like looking at the childhood photos with what happened in that moment, it like rewrote in my mind, in my heart, the, the story of my own childhood and awareness of who I was. Like it shifted everything for me and how I perceived myself and the world around me because of that subtle shift. Like it, it literally changed my life. In a lot of ways, I think that week will be like a, a hinge on which my life, turned frankly um because it just it like it was radical but but what's what's crazy is like nothing changed nothing changed about the story nothing changed about my experience the only thing that changed was my perspective of the whole thing like it was a shift in perspective that radically changed my life and my dad's and um Man, it, it, I'm so thankful for that. I got ten minutes with my dad that way, and that lucid awareness. And I'm so grateful for it. It was so powerful. But man, imagine if I had done that sooner. <laughs> imagine if I had figured that out, or or stepped into that, or been invited into that, or experienced that. Like when I was 20. Like imagine what that have done to my 20s or my 30s. Like it would have. It would have. It's, oh my gosh, nothing changed. But my perspective, but when my perspective changed, it changed everything.
1: Yeah, man, that was so powerful. <clears throat> it's interesting, even just like, as we spent time going through like old pictures and things like that, how you were saying how it's almost even changed like the memory of the experiences that you went through growing up, like realizing, oh, he just, he did approve of me yeah. through all these things. And
0: he just needed mine.
1: Yeah that was incredible. Um, we've been talking a lot about this idea of perspective as reality as we're doing this new work and reflecting on, it's very similar to when we started the church. Um, gosh, 13 years ago now, I guess. And we were reflecting on how stressed out we were at the time, and overwhelmed. And we almost we just like took ourselves so seriously. And how we wish now looking back that we had a different perspective, and that we don't want to repeat that again, as we're doing this kind of new work that we're stepping into right now. I mean, at the time that we were doing that work, we lived by the beach. I mean, we had two healthy, beautiful boys. And we just had so much to be grateful for. And I think that we missed so many moments that we could have enjoyed because, you know, just perspective. And yeah, things were stressful. Obviously, we were starting a church, which is a massive thing to take on. And we had a toddler and a newborn and we moved cities and we're starting this whole organization from scratch. But I think back to that time, and I wish that we had chosen a different perspective, just a lighter one, one where we would be, you know, more grateful and more present in the moment and where we just took ourselves less seriously. One where we understood that while our work mattered, that we weren't, you know, like saving the world (laughs) And, and it's just this reminder to us, I think, as we think back to that time, uh, we can choose our perspective and that our perspective literally shapes the reality that you live in.
0: Yeah, you get to decide your narrative. And it's, it's wild how your perspective, even on certain life events, really can change your reality. Like You can choose your perspective and you get to build a life and a world around that. How you name it how you look at it, how you perceive it, genuinely shapes it. Yeah. It's powerful. And the thing too is, as as you grow in that, and as you realize that, like there's there's even like a, a maturity in perspective, because it like early stages of perspective shifting, it's really easy to almost make it like black and white, or like either or, like, I'm shifting my perspective now, and I see this different. But there's like a growth that comes in realizing that, like it isn't either or.
1: Yeah, like it, you could almost shift so far the other way where it's like a toxic positivity, like everything's great and like put a happy face on when. Which is not when, what we're, talking, not what we're about. talking about.
0: And yeah, or, or you can shift in a reactionary way to what happened and become all sorts of ways against some other view that you used to have of, of a situation or or. A, whatever but like I think that's what's part of like the polarizing division that exists today is that like either or kind of way of looking at things but if, if, if we want to be part of healing the world I, I think we have to actually grow in our perspective because I think true growth is learning that it's often both and like it's often the ability to hold together paradoxical differences um, it can be a really really good day and it can also be a really hard day at the same time. <laughs> That person can be a total jerk and your greatest teacher. My dad could have been a total butthead to me at times, and I loved him, and I love him immensely, and I'm proud of him. And don't forget that like, perspective is infectious. You, you can infect people with an incredible perspective that like changes the energy of a relationship, of a moment, of a room, of, of a group. And it's, it's fluid in that it's like it changes. It's ever-changing as you grow and experience and learn more and more. And so as you look at the stuff that you're carrying, what perspectives do you need to adjust or change or name or rename or recognize? Like Perhaps the only thing you need in reimagining your life, as we're talking about how to reimagine your life, is simply to change the way that you look at it. So we're going to pause right now, and we're going to give you an opportunity to take your PDF and to look at all the stuff that you're carrying, all the stuff that, that is your life, and then write down in there, like, what are the things that perhaps just need a perspective adjustment? What are some things that, that maybe you could look at a bit differently?
1: Okay. Okay. So now that you've kind of taken a look at your perspective, and like Phil said, some of us are reimagining our entire lives here. Like you're going, I'm ready for an entire life shift and things got to change. But for some of us, it may just be our perspective that we change, which can still change everything. And so almost don't underestimate the power of that. Um, the third thing is this, the third trap is pace. And I mean, how many of us have felt like we're running at a pace that isn't healthy? This, there's this like cultural pressure that we have. And it's really almost like an expectation that we run at this insane pace of life, whether it's social life, work life, kid life, kid sports, schools, activities, like it can all add up to be this crazy, almost feels like you're on along for the ride, you know, and Especially what's interesting is that if each thing thing thinks that it's the thing, you know what I mean? You could be part of like a, a club and that thing expects all of your time and you better not be late and you better be to the to the practices of the games on time. But then the other thing that you're part of expects the same thing. And then you've got your job and then your kid's in Little League. And then you've got, I mean, it can add up to where you're running around at this frantic pace. And what's interesting is that we all ran at this particular pace before the shutdown, before we were you know, in lockdown, and we, we all kind of came to a screeching halt. And what was interesting is it was almost like it felt like we were breaking gravity in some ways. But now, in a way, we've been given this clean slate. And as we're coming out of this season of lockdown from the pandemic, I think it was interesting is looking around, I think a lot of us have already managed to fill up our lives to a frantic pace again. But we don't have to go back to that. Like we don't have to go back to what was. We actually can choose the pace that we want to live at. And and the question is, as we've had time to stop and really slow down is, what pace of life do you want to be moving at? Are you thriving at the pace that you're living? Are you moving at the speed that feels right for you? Do you know that you can actually ask these questions? <laughs> you can move at the pace that is best for you and that's going to be different for everyone are you being intentional with with what you're putting on your plate in the beginning and like really evaluating it in, on the front end before you commit to something or are you just finding yourself later down a path i know for us we've done that before where we've just signed up for things like oh okay it's a first week is free so let's just check this out and like let our kid try the sport and then suddenly it's, you know, four practices a week and suddenly he's traveling and then now suddenly it's super expensive and it's taking over our lives and we're driving all over the place and and we're moving at this frantic pace and they're, they're traveling to different countries and like it can get so out of control if you don't actually take a look, almost like look down the line and go, where is this thing headed that I'm committing myself to? And so sometimes it's just about taking a look at something on the front end so that you don't end up down a path that maybe you don't want to be on. And it's not necessarily, again, like any of these things are bad. It's just that sometimes it can just be too much, right? And also there's a cost, right? Like it's costly to leave some of the things. It's costly to step out and to say no to things. Like you're going to miss out on things. And that's the, that's the hard thing. It's like in in this culture that we live in, there's just too many good things to say yes to. And you can't do it all. And so there's just, an, I think, an understanding of that. Like, yeah, there is a cost, though, to say no sometimes. Will people move on or progress or will you miss out? Yes, sometimes, maybe. But there's also a cost in staying, right? And what cost are you willing to accept? I think the problem with our society and our culture is just, like I said, that there's just, just too many good things available to us and we can't hold them all. We can't do them all. And I remember when we were complaining to a mentor one time about this, we were doing the thing that you do where you're like, oh, we're just, you know, oh, life is crazy. Like, oh, we're just so busy. You know, almost like you're bragging. Um, And I think he just got tired of hearing about it. So finally he was like, you know, you are the only ones putting things on that calendar, right? And he called us out on our victim mentality. And he was like, you have a choice. And I would challenge you as you're looking at your your list and the things that you're going to put back into this backpack to really ask, do I want all of these, th- these things here in my life? Obviously, there's things that we have to, have to do to a degree, like we have to figure out a way to provide for ourselves and things, but we don't have to run at a pace that isn't sustainable. And we can kick out of the frantic hustle. We're not victims. So as you're taking a look at your list right now, We'd encourage you just to pause right now and to ask yourself the question what needs to go on your list what needs to stay so that you can have margins so that you can have rhythm and rest and live at a pace that, that's sustainable and right for you so go ahead and do that now
0: okay this is the last trap this is the, the fourth trap And we call it the unforgiveness trap. I mean, how many of us are carrying pain? How many of us are carrying hurt? How many of us have broken relationships and unforgiveness? I mean, especially in this divided time. It's almost like amplified. Uh, When I was a pastor, and would regularly do pastoral kind of care and counseling with people in um, the church, the the primary thing that all pastors report meeting with people over is the inability to forgive. Unforgiveness. It's like such a trap though because it it binds you up, but all of us have it. And I don't need to tell you some story about this because we all have it. We all have it. I mean, you can end up you can end up putting yourself in a really not good situation on this one. Like, like it's literally like you're putting yourself in a cage that you created. It's like you put yourself in your own jail cell and you're grabbing the bars of the jail cell and you're like rattling them, yelling, going, ah, as if you're going to like hurt somebody through your own, like, look at what I'm carrying. But in the reality, the... The door to the jail cell is open the whole time. And all you have to do is just let go of the bars and walk out. Often, I mean, we're the only ones that keep ourselves in there. That's why when you forgive, the person that you're actually letting loose is yourself. The person you're setting free is actually yourself. You're the one walking out of the cage that you put yourself in. And I know that sounds easy. But the thing about pain, the thing about being hurt is that it it hurts. Um, But you can forgive and release and you can still have healthy boundaries. You can forgive and you can release and it doesn't make what they did okay. It doesn't even require them to acknowledge what happened. It doesn't even require them to apologize because the forgiveness isn't for them. It's it's for you. It's often been co-opted. But the, the whole movement of Jesus is actually about grace and forgiveness. It's about freedom. It's about freedom. It's, it's a God who is embodied in the life of a human, Jesus, to show us what has always been true, grace and forgiveness and inclusion and love and release. That's the whole as you forgive, you're forgiven, which means like it's not like dependent on It's just this interconnected reality. When you don't release, you just bind yourself up. But like you can, you can make a choice in your next season to be free. And again, the thing about pain is that it hurts, and it hurts really bad. And what I've learned in my own life is that trying to control it, trying to relive it, trying to like change it, trying to wish it away, trying to ruminate on it or revisit it, or like, how could I have done that differently? Or or how could they have done that differently? Or what if this just didn't happen? Like, it doesn't help at all. The only thing that helps is when you release it. It's like coming to a moment of, it is what it is, it happened. And you can't change it, because it is. And it's almost like accepting the fullness of life. And of course, boundaries, yes. Of course, protection, yes. Of course, let's not put ourselves in situations over and over again, yes. Of course, we're not making what those people did okay in any way, yes. But there's a naming and a releasing that you just don't have to carry anymore. I've, I've had to do more work on this than anything in my life. And what I found is it's like a garden and uh, you have to tend it or it turns out it will grow back. And so it was an invitation as you pick up your PDF and you look at it is what pain and forgiveness are you carrying? And obviously there's varying degrees. There's light pain and forgiveness and, and really heavy pain and forgiveness in the midst of that. And it, and it requires a different energy and and frankly, a different process. But as you look at your list, especially as you look at your relationships, um, list it out. What are you carrying? Who do you need to release? Who do you need to forgive? What do you need to release and forgive? Can you talk to them? Okay. If not, can you write them a letter? Maybe you're writing a letter that you don't even need to send. You just need to write it to put it into words and release it and maybe even burn it after. I don't know. I mean, you'll know. Or or maybe it's a recognition that, man, this is a lot and and maybe I need to to meet with a therapist and begin a process of untangling some of these things that are in there, our spiritual director, in order to release it. I mean, you'll know. But we're going to pause now and give you some space as you look at what you're carrying to go, what and who do I need to release in my life? And perhaps what's like a step that I can take in that direction to do that. And we'll be here when you get back. So there it is. That was a clip from our how to reimagine your life, self-guided experience that we have up on the site. Uh, You could download that and we would just, man, we would encourage you to, to grab it and to listen to the whole thing. Um, and grab kind of the, the rest of that. But um, those are some of the ways that you can get trapped as you're thinking about making changes in your own life and as you try to make change in the world around you.
1: Making meaningful change in the world really does begin in our own hearts and lives. Healthy whole people make a healthy whole world. And it's our hope that as you listen along with this season that you'd be inspired to make the changes that you want in your personal lives and continue to be part of the change that you long to see in the world. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, philandjenwood.com to register for upcoming experiences and to see what else is going on.
0: And if you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. You can even leave a review. Keep going. See you next time.